Okay. Now we're good. Now we're starting. Finally. Okay, so. Crinkling of wrappers. It'll be me snacking. (laughs) Somebody say snacks. (laughs) Snacks are my favorite. Except after a run. The last thing that I want after a run is those freaking waffles or those gels. Yeah. You know, after like eating them all day, the gels and the waffles. I don't even want to see them for at least another 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Mm. I learned a valuable lesson about that this weekend with you. (laughs) And I'm sure we'll get into it. But it was interesting because three weeks ago, I got sick of the gels and the waffles on the run. It happens. stopped eating them then. It happens. Now I know. It's a bad idea. It happens. (laughs) Uh, Well, welcome to another episode of the High Performance Health Podcast. My name is... Roster Runner, a.k.a. Dan Holguin, and um, this is like a really cool episode for me, and for you, So, cool. but what I think what makes it super cool is not only are you, A, sitting in front of me here in Montana, not only, B, did we just go on an incredible adventure in the mountains, Such a but C, you're my first guest on the podcast, So, which is cool. so rad, because people have been... Probably getting tired of hearing just my voice for the past few months. You know, I all of a sudden. Never get tired of it. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> You're nice. That's very nice of you. <laughs> but this is really exciting for me. Um, for those that are listening in, I have here with me a very special person in my life. His name is Daniel Diaz. He's a coach to entrepreneurs, to high-performing people, to help them really like break through and reach new levels in their life in their health and in their business and really just like I think their impact as a whole, right? Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's absolutely. specifically what you do. Yeah, man. Purpose-driven people. You know, I found that I find that we can turn good men to great men and great men into movement creators, right? Right. And I feel that money in the hands of great people, they just do great things. So if I can help people reach new heights internally and how they feel mind, body, spirit connection, that will translate to the business, which translates to the finance, which translates to the impact, which translates to the giving and the contribution. And And it's like a dominoes. It's just a domino effect, man. How did you get into that? Because I, I mean, I, I know some of your story, but like, I don't, I don't know like how you actually got to that point. Cause I knew you were in like food prep, business, food trucks, like, right? That's kind of where you started with this? Yeah. Business-wise? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, the legitimate side of my business career <laughs> in life. Um, it started with a food truck. Um, and I was in sales, you know, uh, it was always in sales job. I was always in some type of commission performance-based job yeah. right, throughout my life. Um, and me and a friend started a food truck. We launched in 2012 with, you know, a, a, a fairly good, grandiose plan of launching multiple trucks and stores and things like that off of this brand. And, um, you know, it's just like what I talk about, and I'm sure like the same as what you talk about as well, is that, you know, it's in personal development, through personal development, we will reach new heights in our business. You know, like through what we do personally and and how we lift ourselves up, mind, body, spirit, it just translates to our business. Yeah. And that's where it all started for me was in that space because I went through some hard times building those restaurants and we started with a food truck. We went to catering companies, went to a brick and mortar. Yeah. And the brick and mortar time was one of the hardest. It was a really um, challenging 
licensing pro- process in Washington, mm. D.C., um, very frustrating. Right? Got it. Just a lot of back and forth. And it, it, that was kind of the downslope where it started, and we just bled out like two years of paying rent on a place that we couldn't get licensed properly. And um, it just kind of slowly click, 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 wore on me, and it yeah. kind of put me in a dark space. And it was in that dark space, and it was 2015 and 16 where – my wife made a suggestion. She's like, why don't you listen to Tony Robbins? You know? <laughs> I've heard that line too. Yeah. Oh, you're into personal development? <laughs> Do you know who Tony Robbins is? I'm like, yes. I know, I, I know who he is. Well, you know, what's funny is that she's like, why don't you listen to Tony Robbins? And I was like, you mean the guy from Shallow Hal? Because <laughs> that's, that's what I knew. That's right. I forgot That's about all I that. knew of Tony. I was like, you mean the guy from oh, Shallow Hal? Yeah. She's like, yeah, that guy. I was he like, like passes him on the street or something, right? Like He's that in was the, the elevator. Cameo? Yeah. Oh, elevator. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the first that I heard. I mean, like, I, yeah, that's all I knew of him. And yeah. I started listening to him. And, um, man, it just started to click, you know? And, like, I was getting up at 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, because I was usually out the door around 5. Yeah. You know, get to the restaurant and open it up, you know, get the employees get there at 6. But then we didn't open the doors for service until, like, 11. So typically between the hours of, like, 5.30 and 11, I had Tony Robbins on for six hours wow. every day. And I was in a dark place. So, like, that, listening to that every day, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, it was my, f- it was the first, my first, like, introduction to personal development. Like, I never read, like, personal development or growth books. Like, right. I had Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I didn't really read it. You know, like, right. I had, like, some Zig- a couple Zig Ziglar books, but I didn't really read them. You know, like, I just was just pushing. I was, like, grinding. You know, yeah. I was like a hustler. Like, I'm just going to grind. Yeah. Because that yeah. was what was cool. Was you yeah. could work harder than anybody else, right? Yeah. Didn't realize how stupid it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, not stupid. But, um, and yeah, I, I found, you know, I, I, I healed myself in personal development and going through that process and, and that healing that took place and the adaptation that happened from all that information that I brought in and how I added that into my life and to my practices and to my standards and how I then started to clean up the habits and the, you know, the drinking or the drugs or whatever else that I was just, it all became so clear. Like it just, I just could see everything from that, that outside vantage point. Like, okay, like I'm going to stop this and I'm going to stop that and I'm going to start this. and I'm going to start that. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you know, all those things came to like, you know, not staying out late, getting myself in a good spot so I could wake up feeling refreshed, learning how to meditate, starting a journal, you know, a gratitude journal, exercising more, but doing outdoors activities like riding my bike on the Potomac uh, bike path along the Potomac River right outside of D.C. was like that was like life like that. I, I never thought that I would love it so much. and I just started to really love it. And it changed the way I thought, it changed the way I acted, changed the way I moved and think. And um it elevated my business. Yeah. It elevated everything. When, when you said a second ago that you were healing, what, what were you healing from specifically? Sure. So, um, you know, when I say I was in a kind of a dark place, I was, I was in a state where I would wake up in the morning in mid thought. Right. So I was already thinking of a problem that I knew I was going to face that day, whether it was, um, some kind of bills that we had to pay or it was this, or it was like, Oh, I got to figure this out or this employee is not going to make it. Or like, it was just like, I just was waking up 
in the thought process of already in a problem. Like I was yep. waking up inside of a problem in my head yep. and trying to punch my way out of this bag. And I, it just, it, it started at a hundred miles an hour every day and it was brutalizing to me. And you know, the relationship, my business relationship that I was in was a toxic relationship, but it probably didn't really come to a head until about 2018. Got it. But that was a slow build of about six years of toxicity that ultimately, you know, I don't blame anybody for it, but my, but myself, you know, but it, it ultimately, it, I lost myself in that process. I took on traits that didn't serve me, like looking at the world, um, negatively or darkly as if like things were happening to me more of a victim mentality more of a woe is me mentality um kind of lost the mindset you know going into that business in 2010 i really had a mindset for over a decade that like money grows on trees and like you can just make it you can do whatever you want you know like it's just it's like we have these imaginative imagine imaginative thoughts or imagination <laughs> right like <laughs> we have these thoughts that we pull from thin air right that are like you can't see them or hold them or touch them yeah they're just it's just in our imagination we literally pull them out of thin air and then we turn them into reality into something that you can touch that creates money like we can just make it any time and yeah. uh, i lost some of that in that a fearful stressful place and it, it it really did a lot of damage on me i didn't realize how much damage it had done when yeah. i was in it and that's usually how it is right like when you're in the hole or when you're in the dark place or whatever you don't realize how bad mm -hmm. it is because yeah. you're in it yeah yeah i never realized how bad it was and uh i just got onto that pattern of thinking that way of acting that way like that anxiety was just normal yeah because i ran like five businesses so this is normal, you know, yeah. or like, oh, I work like 19 hours a day and like, I don't have another life. Well, like, well, yeah, well, that's normal, but it wasn't normal. I just made it normal. Mm -hmm. I just decided it was going to be. And when I say healing, you know, I started shifting things. I started creating boundaries You know, I started setting aside saying no, like before seven o'clock in the morning, like I'm not going to be available. Like I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to go ride my bike on the Potomac river. I just started prioritizing things that I had stopped prioritizing because what I thought needed to happen the most was it had to be all focused on the business. And I had lost sight that without focusing on the machine that, that creates the business, right? I was treading water. I was making it so much harder on myself. I was running with a 50 pound vest on, Yeah, you know, like I, once I started to heal myself, once I started to heal my mind and remind myself that, <clears throat> taking care of this mind, body, and spirit is vital to the growth of my business and, and wherever I want to go and just in life, right? Like yeah. just the experience of life. Um, that was where the healing started to begin. And I, and I slowly over the next, I'd say two years started to really anchor back into who I was and my self-worth. And then at that point you started to kind of gain some traction in your life, living a little bit differently and then found what, like, wow, this is powerful stuff. I want to show other people how to do it. Like how did, how did the, the transition into coaching happen yeah. from there? Um, between the years of 2015 and 2018, 
I was posting a lot on Facebook of all the stuff I was learning, the insights and things like that. Yeah. Right? So I was just kind of constantly doing that because, you know, I guess it's just what you do, right? It's like fun to share too, It's though, fun right? to share, right? Yeah, like man. it was, it was, I wanted to share it. I, I was so excited about what was happening in my life from this change, like this radical change. And it was so new to me, right? Like having drinks and things like that at the end of the night were such a standard you know, especially in that industry and especially being a party animal, like before even starting the food truck, like it was so, it was such a standard to constantly be ingesting or consuming some type of chemical in my body that would alter my state. Right. And yeah. in that process, I started to realize that I didn't need it and I actually didn't long for it. That was the, that was the real thing that surprised me. I didn't yearn for it. I didn't want it anymore. I was like, oh shit. Like actually, no, I love going out and like waking up early and like seeing the sun come up and like yeah, being man. active. Like, whoa, That's this is amazing. Stuff. Like That's this feels so stuff. much better than staying up late and like feeling like shit the next morning and like punching myself in the face with a cup of coffee to get going. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I do. So, um, so yes, I wanted to share it. So I was doing that and I was also inching my way spiritually to an understanding that where I was and in the environment that I was in was the final change that needed to happen. Yeah. And I didn't know that it just was happening naturally under the surface. So in 2018, I had a moment of clarity, uh, where I came to understand that like my legacy is actually going to be wherever I decided to go. And I thought that because of all the blood, sweat and tears and all the time I put into this business that like, I couldn't leave it. Like, how could I leave it? Or like, there was even thoughts of, well, what would I do then? Like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do on the job? Like, I just, it, was a, it wasn't a, it didn't have this look of like, oh, you'll figure it out. I could do anything. I could go anywhere. Right. I didn't have that thought. And then it clicked mm -hmm. and I got it. And I came to understand it. Like I, I can do whatever I want. And if I stay here, it's not going to be good. Like yeah. it's, it's already shown its ugly side and it's wearing on me. And I just had the clarity. It's like, I can, I can raise up myself as much as I want in personal development, sure. but if I don't change my environment, it's going to eat me alive and it's, I'm not going to be able to fight my way out. How powerful is identity where it could be on one end of the spectrum to where all you identify with is say an athlete. And if you don't have your sport, then who are you? But on the other end of the spectrum, identity can be a really powerful thing in a good way. Because if you're the person that identifies with as somebody that can do anything, can go anywhere, can find success, shit, that's almost just as powerful, but only just for the, the better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so true. And maybe that's our, the, the truth there is that it's our real identity. Right. Right. Like being an athlete is something that the person that can do anything decided to do. Yeah. Right. Like being a mountain runner is something that the person that just said they could do anything decided to do. Yeah. Like if you peel back the layer, the you athlete peel back the is layers. there and then you go deeper with it, like you were saying, and then it just becomes, yeah. Can go anywhere, do anything. Yeah. I feel like when I walked away from sports, that's kind of like how I felt after football, like mm. really got stuck thinking like, well, if I can't run routes and catch footballs, like, who am I? What What am I supposed to do now? What do I, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a scary place to be. I would imagine it was similar for you too. It was, yeah. it really was. It was like, well, cause I was always had an entrepreneurial mindset. So like the thought at that point was like, okay, so I'm going to leave here and so I'm like, I'm going to leave with nothing. And I'm going to like, 
have to go get a job at like right you know wherever you yeah know? like and i knew that i wouldn't i'm sure i could get a good job and i would be successful at whatever i decided to do yeah. but like i don't want to go get a job yeah, and work for somebody else right. i don't mind working like i don't want to say like i don't want to work i just like didn't want to go work for somebody else sure. like, back in the corporate world you know sure um but but ultimately uh i had this moment of clarity i had the conversations you know, with my business partner, the hard conversations and, 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 and six weeks later, you know, it was over and I was out and people had asked me when I was leaving, like, well, what are you going to do? And I just tell people, I was like, I was in such a strong place. I was like, honestly, I was like, I'm going to leave here. I was like, I'm going to drop the thousand pound bag of stress and anxiety <laughs> I've been carrying around. I'm going to reconnect with my power and yeah. the universe is going to bring me what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And that was it. And I was in that. And anybody, anybody asked me like, I'm going to, I'm going to let go of all this stuff I've been carrying. I'm like going to reconnect to who I am. The universe is going to tell me what's next. Mm -hmm. And people would look at me and be like, Oh, okay. So you don't have a plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no, that is the plan. <laughs> like that's my plan. <laughs> right. They're like, Oh, okay, sure, buddy. Um, so I, I, I left and uh, my phone started to ring and I started having people call me and contact me and wanted me to consult with them. I had some people come wanted me to come check out their 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 restaurant you know or whatever and like give them a third eye view and then i had someone reaching out to me that wanted to talk to me about them like i didn't realize it like i really want to get to lunch with you like i've been loving what you're putting out on facebook which turned into a really deep conversation where the guy on the other side of the table just started opening up crying and like sharing all his emotional stuff and wow. was like i i like would love to meet with you again and i was like yeah no problem like i was so free I was like so happy to give away my time and my love and my attention. Like I was no longer slaved into this like 18 hour like day where I had to run the entire show and take care of everybody and deal with a, you know, shitty working business situation, business partner situation, like just all that shit, you know, and I didn't need it anymore. I didn't have it in my life. I felt so connected to like this place of giving and source and like yeah. love and power and it just, again, it, it was like the phone kept ringing and like three months afterwards, I had four people that I was basically coaching. I just didn't know that I was, I didn't have, I didn't label it mm -hmm. that I was coaching them. Mm -hmm. I was just meeting with these people and I was helping them like, okay, this is what you want to do with your business or this is where you're at emotionally. Like, or one person was with their weight. Like, I just want to really drop the weight. Like, cool. Come meet me at my house every morning at 6am. We'll train. And I had one person coming at 6am in the morning and another person, meet, you know, and it was just like this fun it's just awesome. Just organic thing so that just kind of made, yeah, made it into what you're doing now. And uh, I would say it was about like four or five months after I left my business, I got certified as a neuro linguistic um, practitioner. Got it. Neuro linguistic programming, and um, that you know I had gone to a, a Tony Robbins event, an immersion event, and that was incredible, life changing. You know, walk on fire. Like all that stuff the whole shebang yeah, yeah, right yeah. like yeah, i've heard yeah, of that stuff it's, it's talk about wild man <laughs> like and not burning your feet like in at least in my opinion it's it was all a mental game because some people did burn their feet i've heard know? that um so just feel like it's such a mental game when you do it it's like like what weird like whoa something's here something is so here right yeah, yeah, so yeah. i came back from that really amped up and and um come to learn through that through that uh, immersion event that you know Tony Robbins started with NLP when he was like 17 years old that's what he mastered and that's what got him famous he was the he was this miracle kid that could clear anybody's phobia in a session or two 
mm-hmm. right? And he used NLP and like, and I was like, well, if that's what he used, that's what I'm going to figure out, right? So I went and got certified and this was a really cool group of like 60 people, um, four days together, like 15 hours a day. So it gets really intimate and um, a lot of them are coaches and, and healers and, and uh, we worked together in these small groups and one, someone said, it was like, listen, man, you just need to stop bullshit and just start your coaching business. And you already have four people. Like you already started your business. You just didn't realize it. Right. And I was like, huh. I was like, you're right. And a buddy of mine that was training with me challenged me. Um, my buddy Billy challenged me. He's like, listen, he's like, before you leave, has he ever done a Facebook live? I was like, no. <laughs> he's like, okay, you're going to do your first Facebook live. I Sick. was like, and you're, yeah, he's like, he's like, but first rule. Don't say, don't get on and be like, first Facebook Live ever. Don't do that. He's yeah. like, just get on and say it. Anyway, but he's like, uh, so you're going to do your first Facebook Live, and you're going to announce that you're that you're a coach now. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, challenge accepted. Cool. So did that, and that was it. Like, phone blew up. It hmm. was off to the races. That's way cool. It was really cool. It was super organic. Yeah. Um, you know, the universe didn't know exactly what I was going to do and I trusted it. Yeah. And it was a really special experiment, you know? And as a result of the coaching and, you know, the work that you put into this point, like you've been able to do some really incredible things. I mean, I think I tell this story quite a bit, but you know, like seeing you when we first met, uh, I didn't even have you on my radar. I didn't know who you were. Like you were just this guy that my friends knew that was in town visiting and I like I heard there's this guy that is staying with us and hanging out okay cool right on well I'll see you in a couple days or whatever and then I'm out in the mountains running uh Avalanche Lake in Glacier Park yep and I'm almost to the lake and I run up on this group of three and you're one of the three yeah you know and it was just, it was like such a cool moment for me because I'm like, oh, there's my friends on the trail and that guy that they told me <laughs> is <laughs> is staying with them. How cool. Yeah. And I say all that because you have a pretty rad story from that point to where we're at today. And it, and it also goes along the lines with a lot of work, a lot of effort and sacrifice and rerouting things and changing identity and you know because if i remember right like you were barely walking at that point right like you were in some like really gnarly kind of pain or something yeah what was it exactly so um when we first met we first met was actually a little bit earlier before it got to be the zenith right oh the pinnacle okay um so we met we were here for me and my wife's baby moon in October 2018. That was when we saw you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fall, I remember thinking to myself, like, it was, we, same story. Like, Rob's like, you got to meet my buddy Dan. <laughs> Such a positive guy. I feel like you two, you guys get along. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, seeing you run and, and just and looking at that, I was like, man, that's just, like, so cool. And the initial thought in my head was, I could never do that. Yeah, yeah. Right? I could right. never do that. Um, or maybe not that I could never do that, but I definitely couldn't do it then. Like, I was like, there's no way I could do that right now. Like running in the mountains? Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, and okay. I think just running in general. I was never a runner. 
I mean, yeah. I never ran my whole well, life. Well, yeah, you're like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, <laughs> I wish. Thank you. I mean, like six, three. <laughs> okay, so 6'3", probably what, 220, 230? Yeah, 230, yeah, 225, yeah. yeah. Not many 6'3", 220, Yeah, and when I met, when we met, I was probably like 250. Oh, yeah. I was a little fat pack then. <laughs> I was like still, I was like still coming off all of the grazing in the restaurant right. I was doing at all times. In the endurance world, we, we call you bigger runners. Well, I'm a bigger runner, but they call us the thick boys. The thick boys. We're the thick boys. Yeah, I was a thick boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I had man. that heat going on, you know? <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I, you know, to, to play into that too, like in the, in the restaurant business, I, you know, I, I blew up a little bit. You yeah, know? Like I got sure. to the point where I was like 245, 250. And I didn't think I was as fat as I was until I look back at some of the videos that, like, me and my wife see. Sometimes they pop up on our phone. I'm like, yeah. damn. I'm like, I was, like, kind of chunky. Like, yeah. I didn't really have too much of a jawline on the side <laughs> when, I, when I was looking straight. You know, I right. turn in, the like, little hook in with yeah. the head, and, like, then the fat just turns into a roll on the neck. I yep. was like, ooh. <laughs> like, I didn't realize it was that bad, but that's, that's probably where I was when we met. And um, I had battled at that point for 12 years just un unhealed like untaken care of by gabs <laughs> just unhealed untaken care of back pain right sciatic nerve i had a herniated disc like 12 years prior and just never really tended to it properly so it was just an ongoing like a train for 3 4 months and then i'd hurt my back or like i'd have a sciatic flare up yeah. You know, and I wouldn't be able to do much. And then I would taper down and then I would fall out for a month or two. And then I would get back to training. So I was doing a seesaw for a long time. Yeah. Um, and that's where we, that's where we met. I was on seesaw heaven, just kind of like, sometimes I look good. Sometimes I don't. And after that, a few months later, the start of 2020 or 2019, 2019, I <clears throat> saw that Paige Hathaway was doing a competition yep. and I was like you know what I'm gonna get in fucking massive shape yep. it's like a $10,000 prize I was like I'm gonna win 10 grand I was like I'm gonna go to Montana and do something fun I was like yep I was like my son's coming I was like I'll win 10 grand I was like give my son put, put a little count aside yep. I was like yep and I did and I I placed third in her competition which yep. was fucking awesome I remember seeing those photos that <laughs> was righteous I yeah like, I went and I went ham and I went all out you know I was like up every morning and just and did it and after that, I tapered a little. I kind of went, did a little, little uh, roller coaster of up and down, and the and the pain started to really kick in. Yep. And it and my son was born, and I don't know if it was just from picking him up all the time or doing all the bending, but the flare up really kicked in, and my pelvis started to tilt really bad. Yep. And it what happened was it twisted the bottom of my spine a little bit and started to compact a bunch of nerves on my right side, and at that point was when it got ugly and I, and for six months on and off, I was either completely immobile or able to like nudge around a little. Yeah. Gotcha. And, uh, I spent like 70, 80 days laying on the ground and like sleeping in the basement, you know, on the hard floor yep. to get my back to the, the inflammation down, like away from my wife, away from my son, emasculated, you know, embarrassed, Sure. Like frustrated, angry, sad, you know, like the the thought that if my wife fell and she was holding my son on the steps, you know, and I couldn't help them, like I get choked up now, think about it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. to think that I wouldn't be able to get up and help them, 
because I was in so much pain myself. Yeah. I just wasn't in, I wasn't okay. And it was in that process of really just hitting a, an emotional and physical darkness that I was like, I, this, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm 35 or 36 or however old I was at the time, 36, maybe I was like 36 years old. Like if this is how I feel right now, like what's it going to be like when I'm 50 or 60? Like, I don't want to be like that. Like I want to be able to run around with my son. I want to be able to like bend over and run like bent over at, at 45 degrees, you know, or yeah, 90 of course. Degrees, like a normal human. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, with my arms out, like chasing after him and like, I would be terrified to bend over in general at that point. Yeah. And uh, that was when I, I made a decision. I was laying on that ground and I was like, I'm going to heal from this. I was like, I'm going to, once I, once the pain goes down and I can get back on my feet, it's going to be that moment. No matter what, I'm going to change everything. I was like, and I will never deal with this pain ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, this will never be a part of my life. I was like, I'm going to make a promise right now. And it was just a promise to me. It wasn't a negotiation with God. It's actually interesting now saying that because I don't think I've ever thought said that out loud. But it really was like I wasn't laying on the ground and be like, God, if you you know if you make me better, like right. I swear I'll eat good or right. you know I'll do this. It wasn't any of that. I was just I couldn't take that anymore. Yeah, I wasn't willing to. Yeah, I wasn't willing to be in that kind of pain anymore. 12, 13 years. It was a good, that was a good amount of time. 30% of my life, mm-hmm. you know, considering the other 30 part of my cinema, 30% of my life was me being a child until I was <laughs> 13. Like <laughs> there's really not that much time that I spent where I wasn't in an extreme amounts of pain. Yeah. And I didn't want that anymore. I didn't, I didn't like living under the ideal that like, Oh, well, you know, at least I was a played football and I lifted really heavy and, you know, I kind of messed it up and, this is what it is. Right. I didn't like that. Um, just wanted to do something different from that point, huh? I just, I was, you know what? That's a really good point. I was willing to do whatever was different. Right. Because up until that point, I worked out the way that I always worked out. You know what I mean? Of I wasn't course. necessarily like doing the things that would probably be really helpful. Like, let's just say Pilates or anything else that as a, you know, meaty head man i was like well, i'm not gonna fucking go do yoga or pilates or run right or something like that but i knew that i had to change i knew that i had to let go of my pride and, and i knew that i was just i'll do whatever it takes like i had a i had an issue quote unquote with working out without like sweating and getting that pump so like doing all that slow balance work and the band work and all those eccentric movements yeah the hippie this was stuff boring you know and it was like <laughs> but i but but I, I didn't care then at that yeah. point i was like i don't care whatever i gotta do so i started asking the right people i got the right information and i started healing my body at the end of 2019 and that was when i called you and i was like okay dan like we're gonna i'm do gonna this. come and run a mountain with you next yeah. summer I was and like, I'm going to come and run a mountain next summer because I, I, I just needed to tell somebody else. Yeah, needed that accountability. I needed that accountability. I was like, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to tell Dan, and I'm going to get to work. Yep, and you did, and it was a really cool result. You came up to Montana. Uh, we ran Gunsight Pass, like 20, 22 miles, something like that. 21 miles. 21 miles. I mean, that was an incredible day. I mean, big breakthrough for you to kind of like celebrate – your body in a, in a new way and experience it in a new way. But it's also, was just a cool reflection on, you know, what it take, what it took to get to 
us standing at Gunsight Pass in the little wind shelter at 11, 11 a.m. Right? Oh, man. Hard. That was a cool moment. So fucking cool. That was a really cool moment. And I think that that's all part of like this this grand plan of what you said earlier about trusting the universe enough and trusting to know that it will work itself out and you will find a way. Yeah. You know, and we're a year past that. You're back in Montana. We just went through an incredible adventurous day with a hundred thousand different little things that made it fun and unique and not like every other run in the mountains. Yeah. We did 21 the first time. Now we did 37, which is a new record. Personal record. For personal record for you. Yeah. I mean, like, why why do another run? Like, why go from 21 to now it's like 37? Like, yeah. is 21 not enough? Like, how do you how do you think how do you think about all that? That's a great question. Um, and I just want to preface something before I dive into that because just for the people that are listening, right, that might be listening to this and being like, I've had that pain or like, I want to do that. I wonder if, if I could also get out of my pain. Um, I only ran for four months, guys and gals, before I got here to run that 21 miles, right? I only ran for four months, having, never, having not run in 18 years, right? And I, I, it took me about three to four months to get my body ready for the impact of running, so the eccentric training and the core stuff right, was about right, three, right. four months between yeah. late December to like mid-March. And then mid-March, I started running. Actually, mid-February, I tried to run. Didn't, didn't go very far. But then mid-March, I started running in four months, and we did that, 21 miles. Yeah. So to answer your question, and, and just to say like that, so whatever you think, if, you're, can, if anybody listening is like, yeah, this guy did it, but I don't know if it's for me. It, it's it's not as long of a time to get ready to do something like that as you might think. Your body will really impress you. And I think that on that 21 miles was what happened, right? Like it it rewired neurologically my entire brain. Like I just had all these neuro, uh, new neural connections and it was like a whole new network. Yeah. I saw everything differently. I even flying home, looking out the window at the mountains <laughs> and in Colorado, thinking to myself, like, I'm going to be on you. I'm going to be all over you, just running around. And like, and it's like, and I was like so excited yeah. about it. And I knew that that was true what I was saying. Like, yeah. I am going to do that. And I never thought that. Like, I never looked out the window and would think that. What happened to me on that 21 miles was so massive. Right. Like I, um, I gave a, uh, gave a talk recently and I actually spoke about this and, and the way I prefaced it was when I said, you know, if you're getting ready to do a big move or something in your life, if you're ready to, if you're about to take a, a next big step in your life or your business, you're going to need some attributes, right? And like, what are they? And it's like energy, courage, determination, resilience, um, uh, persistence, you know, or perseverance, right? Like confidence, um, the openness to learn, you know, like you're going to need to get all of these, you're going to need to like conjure up all of these attributes, right. To power you into some unknown level that you're stepping into, whether it's personal or business related or relational, right. You're going to need all these things. That experience gave me all of those things and more. 
Yeah. In one day, in one moment, there was an instant download. It was completely cemented into my brain on that day. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I find in personal development, and it's one of the reasons why now ultra endurance is part of it for anybody, right. That works with me is because what I find in personal development is that's a lot of the times what we're, what we're working towards is all of these beautiful attributes that help us to see ourselves in the light that we actually are right. And the true power that we really are right on a day-to-day basis where we don't worry about imposter syndrome and we don't think down of ourselves and we aren't so hard on ourselves and we love ourselves and we trust ourselves, right? Like we need all these attributes and in personal development, like we're working towards it so often. And I, I found through this experience that there's a magical hack where you can train yourself to take on something that's bigger than you, that's bigger than your body, that's bigger than what you think is possible. And when you do it, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Instant download. Cemented. Permanent. Yeah. Right? And that's why this year I do 37. Because it's like, okay, well, it's not going to be a one-time thing in my life. This is one of the most magical experiences I've ever had. Right, like, kind of like when you're sitting around with your friends one night and you have like the most magical night, and you say to yourselves, "We got to do this more often," because it gave you something. Yeah, you felt it, and you needed to have more of it, and that's what happened. I had that experience with you, and mm-hmm. it changed my entire life. And I knew that it wasn't over then. And when we suggested it, I don't remember when it was, but. Honestly, like I wasn't even thinking about it. I think I was probably more <laughs> ego talking at the time. It's like, well, I should probably run more this year. I should probably do a 40-mile run. You right. Know? And I was like, I'm just going to call Dan and do it because I hadn't even thought all the way through. But I was, but I just knew – I knew that just like the last time, I put it on the map. I put it up there. I was going to be accountable to it. Yeah. It's going to give me something to work towards. So I did it then. And, and um, But, you know – experiencing what we experienced this time <laughs> it was so crazy it was so crazy <laughs> it was a whole new set of information yeah. information to download um and also very interesting because it, it, it it's just that first time was so hard yeah for sure and I, I keep thinking that if i if i extend the challenge if i if i if i raise the bar high enough i'm gonna feel that hurt and that pain that i felt that day and all that toughness that I went through. And I, I actually haven't yet. Yeah. Which is really interesting. The right? bar has but, been raised. But it's, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like what we talked about the other day. It's like, I, it's just now what we do. Yeah. It's just what I do now. Mm-hmm. The so I tolerance. probably won't feel that pain ever again. Yeah. Which is cool. That level of tolerance has raised. Yeah. To a new, to a new high, which is really cool. You know, when we finished up that, that run the other day, I think like one of my favorite parts about it, and this, this isn't to brag, but but I have been thinking about like my own journey through endurance sports over the the last six to seven years was that I really didn't feel much in my system negatively when we finished that. Like my legs were fine, hips, feet, like all of the, the, the standard areas that you may feel after running, after a long day, I didn't really feel any of that. And my bar of tolerance has continued to raise 
every time I pass a new evolution. That's what they call it in the military. It's like you go through something super tough, you make it through, cool, you pass that evolution. And then there's another evolution and there'll always be them. But like as my bar of tolerance has raised, it's cool to kind of see how I felt on that same route we took a year ago versus how I felt on it this time. Mm -hmm. And I remember how I felt then. And finishing up just two days ago just made me realize like, man, I've come a long ways here. Like I've really been putting in some work and it's cool to see that progress. And I think that's one of the most addicting things about running is you don't always see like measurable progress, but if you think about some of the subtleties around progress, running can be really addicting in a really good way. Yeah. And I think that's a a big draw for running too. Oh my God. So, so much. And that is, you, first of all, you have full permission to brag about yourself as much as you want. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I didn't even consider it that, man, because you're right. I mean, you're so right. Like, and it is cool. Like, you know, watching you run and do what you did in January in Arizona at that 100-mile race. Yeah, yeah. The fact that you went into that race having only run 38, 36 miles yeah, prior, right? 38 being your longest. Yeah. It's really, it's very inspiring. Yeah, is that double, 35, 70? Almost double. Yeah. Just a couple miles shy of double. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and that was just so impressive and so massive, right? And, and to see you, how that finished, where your head was, and then to see you run Bryce and do 50 miles and be like, I feel great. Mm-hmm. It's just such an impressive growth spurt. Yeah. You know? Because I don't know, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn or in an assumption way, but uh, I don't know if you felt the way you felt after Bryce and 50 miles as you did in Arizona at 50 miles. Bryce was probably like one of my, probably like my top three races I've ever completed in terms of like how good it felt. Mm. Not from like a, like a physical standpoint, but like from a completion standpoint. Mm. Like, when I finished Bryce, I'm like, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I finished it, and I probably could have ran another 10, 20 miles. Yeah. You know, like, I just finished really strong and just felt that real sense of completion. When I finished at Arizona in January, only running 71 of those 100 miles, complete opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Zero sense of self-worth, completion, or dignity. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I had almost doubled it. It was yeah. worthless. It was wor- <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, man, complete opposite feeling. That's cool. But our day was special too, man. So we started in the dark. So so for those that don't know, um, Glacier Park has just implemented this new ticket system. And the deal is if you don't have one of these hard-to-get tickets, you don't get in the park after 6 a.m. So if you want to get into the park and you don't have a special ticket, you're up at 3 a.m., at least for guys like me who live, you know, 90 minutes from from the entrance or or whatever. But you got to get up early. So we started in the dark. We got up at 3. We left the house at 3.30 and set off for Glacier Park. Now, for those that also don't know, um, we did a – Pretty classic route, I would say, in Glacier Park. It's pretty classic. It's it's the High Line Trail, which starts up at Logan Pass, which is the most notable pass that you can access, especially by car, the only one by car, in Glacier Park. 
So we park at the, at the top there, and we set out down the High Line Trail. We take – what do we take? Grinnell Glacier Overlook? Grinnell Glacier Overlook. Right. Ahern Pass. Ahern Pass. And Sioux Lake Overlook. And, that's right. And Sioux Lake Overlook. How could I forget? It was a big day. And then after that, we went down to 50 Mountain, up and over Flat Top Mountain, and then back to the car. So all in all, it was 37 miles – what was our total elevation? 16,019. 16,019 feet. Over 7,000 feet of elevation gain. I mean, it was a pretty pretty big day. It was a big one. A lot of, a lot of stuff happened, too. I think the first... <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking of already. <laughs> well, are you, thinking of, are you thinking of the dehydration or the bear? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably thinking like, like a couple fun things that happened. I was like running out of water. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, um, uh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, Gosh, I'll let you man. go ahead, though. Wherever you'd like to start. So it was such a fun day. This was just – this was really interesting because I don't run in the mountains with a lot of people. Like that circle is very small because you really have to trust the person that you're with or it can – well, you just never know. You just never know how people are going to react under stress and pressure and mileage. You know, you just don't know. And then what happens if I don't they, like it? Send yeah, me back. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't do it anymore. No one's coming to save you. And so it's just really interesting getting to see um, people under pressure. But we had a lot of those like funny little instances where uh, all of that was tested mm-hmm. from being dehydrated. Well, number one, I mean, uh, well, my back, my, my hamstrings flared up. Oh, that really was, early. That was early, right, right, right. And my back. Yeah. Um, which I was prepared for, which was great because yeah. I had that deep blue rub. Right, right. Um, because my hamstrings were kind of flared up prior. But, they, you know, they felt good, right? Like, I thought it was all going to be fine. And I've, they've never kind of gotten that naughty. Yeah, yeah. Like, right at the at an early time. At like, we were, like, 10 miles or nine and a half miles in. And yeah. My back felt like I had a hot knife in the middle of it, like in my lower back, and like my hamstrings felt like they were wrapped into a ball. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is cool. We only have like 27 miles to go. We just got a marathon left, so it's probably it is good. So, man, if if I'm being honest with you, I was a little nervous at that point when you first told me about your hamstrings. I'm like, uh oh, this is too early in the day to right? be feeling anything. Yeah. I was but. like, and you were like, don't say that. I was like, oh, no. I was like, I'm not. I was like, I'm not. It was funny because I wasn't really worried about it. I was just, I was like surprised. I was like, oh, no, yeah. that's so weird. Like, that sucks. Like, I don't like that. I'm sure it'll be okay. So I'm like, let's rub the blue rub on it. Right, right. And I would say that was probably obstacle number one. And yeah. obviously it was obstacle number one for you too because you were like, oh, fuck, this fucking guy. So <laughs> I'll, I'm going to actually challenge that because I think the real obstacle number one, what we didn't realize till later, was that you ran through bear country without bear spray. Mm. So you <laughs> Ding. you obstacle forgot your bear spray. One. No weapon, no bear spray. Jeez. That's obstacle number one right there. So – no bear spray. bear spray, no methods of protection at all, except for me. It's my <laughs> <Yeah>. sword. <laughs> That's right. You, you, you took that with you. <laughs> Good thing you did. Uh, that was obstacle number one. That was interesting because we didn't even realize it until we needed it. Until I know? almost took the other person's. Right, exactly. But the dehydration part was funny because, and I, I told you this a hundred times, but you don't really get areas in Glacier Park where there isn't water. 
it's really rare. And I probably told you a hundred times, oh, there's water everywhere. Water We're good. Everywhere. No problem. We get to mile 27, right? About 27. We were at Cattle Queen Creek. <sighs> yeah, so we were at – that wasn't 27, though. That was probably like mile – 16 or 17. Oh, just kidding. Okay. Yeah, so that was like 16 or 17. <laughs> we were filling up our water at, at uh, Cattle Queen, and a guy, a random hiker came by. The, one, of, one of the only, what, like four, four people that we saw. Yeah. Right? So, he, had, he had headphones in. Yeah, and he had headphones on in Bear Country. And, um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, there's no water at 50. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay. We're like, but there is water on Flat Top Mountain, you know, that we were going to go to. And we also thought there was another creek that was past 50 that right. the guy probably wasn't referring to that also had water. Right. So when we got to 50 Mountain, which was 23 miles, right? Pack had just run out of water for yep. me. Yours was. Dang skosh. near. Skosh. Yeah, you yeah. Skosh water. Yeah, dang. Dang near. <laughs> dang near. Um, and that was a point in the, in the day also, cause I think this is for me, this was part of a factor too, right? Was time. Like how long is it going to take us to do the whole thing? We walked a little bit more on, on that uphill and, and, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, like this, once we get to 50, like we're going to run and that's going to be awesome. We're going to crush the last like 12 miles, like no problem. And I felt good. You know, and I felt really good for it. And uh, when I ran out of water, it was like, oh, well, there's a creek right up there. No big deal. And then we saw a bear. Yeah. And her cubs. Yeah. because that she was big. That caught me by surprise because, you know, being in that big open field, I can, I can usually spot that kind of stuff pretty quick. But all of a sudden, I just hear like these, these, these uh, branches just snapping everywhere. And I like look over to where the sound's coming from. And it's a it's a mom and her cub, grizzly, mom and her cub. And what was really interesting to me about that moment was I saw how big the mom was. But as she was running away, I saw her jump. And what was just shocking to me was how high bears can really jump when they need to. I mean, from where I was looking. Like a fucking deer jumping over a fence. It was, <laughs> it was like nothing. She was just jumping. And uh, it was just a, like my first realization of seeing it. Like, wow, that's a that's an incredibly powerful animal. Not just forward, but vertical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which was pretty incredible. But seeing them, and then <laughs> and then having to go directly in the in the same path that they ran to, definitely had me thinking about okay. What are my steps? How do I go through to, and navigate all this? You know what I mean? And then yeah. like going into those trees, um, you know, that was a, that was a cool moment, I think, because it really got to even put my skills to the test as a, as an outdoorsman, as a mountaineer, as a, as a runner, you know, because I can sit here and talk about bear safety all day, but put your money where your mouth is, yeah. you know, let's see you in action. And so that was a, a cool experience for me to be able to, you know, to be on guard and be looking out and going through my steps and keeping cool. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that most people don't do when they go into the mountains, especially mm -hmm. in Glacier Park, is A, know what other kind of predators are out there. Yeah. But B, know how to handle yourself in situations involving those predators. And I think that 
knowing what to do when you're in bear country uh, is invaluable. And there are a lot of fundamentals, but there's a lot of new things that people are out there experimenting and trying and learning from that I think that we need to keep up on as well. Mm. So yeah, bear safety is really important. A lot of times when I'm out hiking or running, especially in the park when I'm running, I see a lot of people without bear spray. And when I know somebody isn't from here, I, I know that because they don't have bear spray on them. And every now and then, I'm not a Karen or a Chad, but every now and then, if it's someone I feel like may listen, I'll just stop and ask or have a you know quick conversation with them. You know, like, hey, you having a good time? How are things? You got bear spray, right? Oh, yeah, it's in my backpack. It's in my backpack. And you got to remember something. If your bear spray is in your backpack and a bear is waiting around the corner for you, or a bear starts meandering on trail or sees you and starts running towards you. It's too late. You know, you know where I'm going with this, right? hundred percent. What are you going to do? You're going to just tell the bear to pause, take your backpack off, take your spray out, think about what you need to do. It's really important that you have your bear spray on you, mm. that it's on your hip, that it's on your chest, because it's just really important. It could save a life. So that's my, my spiel on <laughs> bear safety. Yeah. But what a good day, man. Luckily, no bear instances with us, but that was, that was so cool. What did you think of Sioux Lake Overlook? Sioux Lake was so rad. I mean, it's like you said, right? It's all the big players. It's all the big peaks. But I think what yeah. it was was um, what, I really, what I really loved about Sioux Lake was I started to experience her prior to getting there when all of the um, terrain changed. Oh, yeah. It went yeah. to that real, like, rocks and, like, heavy, big rocks. And all of a sudden, it felt like we weren't in Montana. Like, <laughs> we were, like, entering the war zone or something. Yeah. You know? And that could have also been because of the mileage and the heat and the climb that I right. was, like... Like right. I felt like I was like a <laughs> like a gladiator, like rounding the corner, getting ready to like battle a lion or tiger yeah. or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it was it was just like this, like just like hard, like scorched rock and stone, and it just felt different. Like it felt it had a whole new energy, right? Because I, I will say that you know one thing that I experienced was something that you mentioned, and I experienced it so heavily on this on this particular journey was the energy of mother glacier right like yeah, glacier man. national park her energy and her beauty and her wisdom and her grace and her consideration right like the moments that i needed her the moments that i needed more yeah the moments that i needed something else outside of me that swift breeze came that butterfly passed in front of me right that flower bloomed like the clouds peaked like just something that just changed it all yeah right? and like gave me everything i needed um but she's strong and she's vicious right and yeah. she's unforgiving and it felt like that it felt like seeing that side of her like i felt like i had been supported so much and i was like you're you're stepping into like the truth of like my strength and power yeah all that rock and stone and then to get to that peak and to kind of see you like me, I was like at what I was like I was like on the peak, but then I look up and Dan's like thirty feet up. I'm like, no, 
another peak. <laughs> it's like a ledge. It's like an influencer ledge. I was like, damn. I got to go up there. Like, Shit. That's, that's, that's where all the influencers take their photo off. Yeah, right? Nine out of ten to come home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I tend to, to seek out those those sketchy influencer ledges. Yeah. I don't know why, man. I'm just drawn to the them. legend of ledges. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, so getting all the way to the top and, and getting to Dan's ledge and being up there and looking down at this beautiful lake that's so far removed it's so away like yeah. that lake was so beautiful and the colors the water yeah and it's just created by earth yeah by mother nature like the snow falls the snow melts the lake is the snow comes back yep you know like it's this top point where the highest peaks in the, in the park are the most removed a doorstep outside of this country. Yep. You know, and here we are and we're just sitting on them like in the middle of them. Yeah. Like, and they're just surrounded by it. So it was really powerful. You know, Grinnell Glacier was so incredible. Um, and I learned what a cool lesson about the difference between a glacier and a snow field. Yeah. Right. And that the glaciers are alive, this yep. living organism. So seeing that was amazing. Ahern pass. Amazing. You know, what I, what I feel like, and this was also in part because of the smoke, but what I feel like in those two places is that it continued out. Like it was a straight look out, like a valley from that point where when I sat at Sioux Lake, I felt like it was circular energy, hmm. you know, because, and like I said, that could also be in part because of the smoke. I couldn't see too far, but it was like mountains were every direction. So it just created this like funnel, almost this like swirling energy. Yeah. You know, where I feel like at the other overlooks, it was more of like a tunnel of energy. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So what you were looking at in Sioux Lake in that whole area, that, that's called a cirque. When you actually have like a bowl-shaped uh, mountainside. And those are actually carved by glaciers over time. It's pretty neat. That, that's but, you so know, cool. Um, the entire landscape of Glacier National Park is because of the glaciers themselves. Right. Because they have just, you know, crawled across the surface of these peaks and in these valleys and they've carved the mountains into into what they are today, which is why they look all jaggedy and rocky and cirque. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really special place that uh, obviously has a a palpable energy at all times. Yeah. And there's a lot of different areas in Glacier Park with different energies and they're all different. Another really cool one is Avalanche Lake. And it, it's probably like one of the most accessible, easy hikes or paths that you can take in the park. But what makes Avalanche so different is that it's considered a rainforest. It, it's a legitimate rainforest because you get all of this moist, cool air that comes from the Pacific coast and it hovers around a, you know, a specific area from the coast and inward well if you think about that like that bubble of moist cool air the easternmost rim of that is hovering right over avalanche lake an avalanche lake area so you could be inside that bubble and get the red cedars and the western hemlocks and the ferns and like that moist ground right but you go two three four miles west of there you're not going to get that same experience. Hmm. So there's just such a, a, a cool 
different like different parts of the park you yeah. know depending on where you're at yeah it's pretty special man yeah well avalanche Lake will always be special for me because oh, that's yeah. where i met you oh yeah absolutely that was that was also my first introduction to running in glacier park too was avalanche lake it's so cool you know because it's like i said it's one of the easiest to start with and uh it was it still kicked my ass when i first did it you know what i mean yeah. it still did but uh yeah glacier park's a special place so how did you feel like going into the run to start i mean did you did you always feel good leading up to it like within the the day you got here versus when we started or how was that yeah that's a great question um you know i was i was up here with you in, in may um started may for the spartan trifecta which i had never done yeah and i and, I, and it, but leading up to that i felt good until about like a week or two out and i remember thinking to myself oh fuck like, i don't know if i'm ready i don't know yeah, if i'm trained yeah. up enough you yeah. know like and then i came here and, and i did it and i was like oh shit i did i am trained up like i'm so ready and then we did avalanche lake from what McDon- Lake McDonald, right? McDonald, yep. So we did 17 miles two days after doing a Spartan trifecta, and I was like leaving Montana, like I'm so fucking ready for this <laughs> yeah. 40 mile run. Like, yeah, I'm so ready. Um, I did that 32 mile run in Arizona to 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 just practice, and that trail was really hard. Beat up my body, back of my hammies, and behind my knees and my calves. They were just really swole up. They were tore up pretty bad. But it was 32 miles, and I was like, you know what? If I get to 32, like, I can get through the rest. And the ground is not going to be as hot you know, or as hard, and the rocks aren't going to be as fucked up, you know? And so in my head, three weeks out, I felt pretty good. I was like, my body will heal. Like, this, this flaring of, my, of my, like my hamstrings, all that stuff, that'll go down. Like, I felt really good. And five days before I left, I don't know, man. I got into this really interesting spiral. Like, it's like I woke up on the wrong side of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like they say, you woke up on the wrong side of your bed. Like, I woke up on the wrong side of my head. Yeah. And I, I remember the day, it was like a Sunday or Monday, just like fucking like, I just kept spiraling down. Like, I woke up sore, tight. I wasn't like, my back was tight. It was like the third day in a row I felt like that. And I'm like, oh my God, like, oh no. Like, I, this, I, I like, this is bad. And then it was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then it was like, well, you have to do it. And then it was just like, you just went back and forth. It just went, it just went downwards. And, um, each day I would, I would do some of, you know, just some techniques or exercises that would help me to reset, you know, journal or or do some meditation or exercise or something like that. Just to get my head out of, out of, get out of my head and get in my body kind of. And, um, and I kept resetting, but I kept waking up like mm-hmm. that and it threw me off and um you know the day before i left two days before i like the day that or the day that i left on wednesday last week i um i felt good i felt really good i felt very clear i had a really powerful flight i journaled a bunch of stuff and, and you know did a bunch of just got myself right ready i felt really good we ran wednesday night yep and i was fu- <laughs> uh, I was gassed. I was like, the oxygen, the, yeah. the, the altitude. I wasn't. I didn't hadn't settled in yet. Yeah, you're fresh off the plane. I was fresh off the plane, and I was like, but you know, at the end of that run, 
the last three miles of that run, I felt really good. I felt like I was settling in and I was like, you fucking got this dude. Like, yeah. You have it. Um, and you know, even since the beginning, it's always been my mind that I've always relied on, you know, like I remember leading up to our run last year, six or eight weeks out, you know, it was like, are you ready? And you know, it's like, I would think to myself, like my body is probably not, but like, but my mind is ready. And that's all I need. Like my mind is ready, you know? And, and I kept saying that. And then I stopped saying that my body wasn't ready. I was like, I'm going to stop saying that. And I'm just going to start saying that I'm, I'm totally ready. I'm not going to say anything that doesn't serve me. Yeah. And which is a powerful exercise, you know? And I did that and I did that and I got ready and I came through and I kind of followed that same path this time around as well. Um, and what I came to believe and, and really anchor into the two days out or the, you know, the few days out. And I think what would set me straight, I think what really cleared my space was I came to understand that all of that stuff that had kicked up all this emotional, like insecurity and doubt and fear that was just like so strong, stronger than it had ever been. Like so weirdly like here and present was that the story I, I, I decided to lead with was that that's there because it's, it's ready to leave. Like it's at the surface and it's so anchored in right now and it's so prevalent because it's ready to exit my body. So I'm just feeling it as it rises to the surface. Yeah. And I anchored into that story and I was like, that's cool because I'm going to get rid of it on Saturday. It's going to all be gone and it's all here. It's all fresh. Like it's waiting at the bus stop for me to come and pick it up. Mm -hmm. It's not buried down there. It's not stuck under its own trauma. You know, like it's fucking here. But because it's here, I'm feeling it. You got to do something with it. I'm feeling it, right? Yeah, and I got to do it. I got to do something with it. So I think actually leaning into that story, like, oh, that's why I'm, it's not because I'm actually afraid. It's not because I actually don't think that I can do this. Like, it's so strong and the thoughts are so heavy because it's ready to come out. Yeah. It's ready to leave leave my body. And, um, that was the intention, right? Remember we said, when we started, we set our intentions. Yep. You asked me what my intention was. And I said, the phrase for the day is let me set the record. Allow me mm-hmm. to set the record straight. Man, we, we did that all day long. Let me man. set the record straight. Yeah. yeah. This is who you are. Did you have any low spots during the day uh, where like you really had to like reaffirm that? Interestingly, not, uh, yeah, there was a couple of times where I said it. There was a couple of times where I said it. Okay. I think, um, maybe on the Grinnell climb, it was very interesting. I, I, you had asked me a couple of times in our race, like, how are you? How are you doing? And I remember thinking to myself, like, like spiritually and like mentally, like, I feel really good. Like, I feel good. Like, I felt so good that the little slight pains and the things, the dings and the stuff I was feeling in my body we're totally counterbalanced, you know, by like, no, it's like, it's okay. Like, it's all good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I bonked out, right? <laughs> so <laughs> definitely that was, bonked. <laughs> I bonked out. So that was interesting. Um, and what was, and, and what's interesting also about that is that while I was bonked out, the thoughts never crossed my mind that, oh man, like, do you think I'll be able to finish this? Will you be able to get to the finish line? I never thought that. I was like, of course I'm going to finish. It doesn't even matter. I think I was just like, only thing I was I was feeling was what I was feeling like nauseous. Yeah, yeah. And right? for those like, that don't know, bonked or bonked out just pretty much means when 
when you've hit the wall and you're dehydrated or your blood sugar's low or it's a combination of both. both. (laughs) (laughs) Like bonk is a is a tough place to be because you just feel like giving up. Yeah, and that was the interesting part. I didn't feel like giving up. I just knew that my body was fucking not feeling wet. Right. Yeah, yeah, not good. And like, so, so that's probably where it started. So before, after we got through the grizzly bear situation. Yeah. And then we started our last climb. Yeah. Right. We thought Sioux Lake was really the last big summit, but it wasn't. There was one more. One more. One more fucker that was waiting for us. While we had <laughs> yeah. no water and we're dehydrated. Yeah. Switchbacks. And our and our heart miles. our hearts were racing from our grizzly bear experience. Uh-huh. It was like, okay, cool. Um, we're gonna do some switchbacks now. Yeah. And not to mention the trail that you have mapped out is actually non-existent, and we're gonna send you about two and a half miles on top of it. And we're gonna go a little bit farther out this way and that way. Good times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, it was it was going up. I think it was once we got to the top, and me and you were walking together. I I was I was bonking at that point. Yeah. But but I was like moving, and like you were like, oh, you know, well, why don't you take like if you got any more of the caffeine gels, like have one. And I was like, hmm. Like, that was all I could much like. Hmm. Yeah. But I was like, I, <laughs> I was I'm like, good, in my head, I'm like. <laughs> There's no way that I'm stopping to take off this fucking pack and like dig through to get the <laughs> caffeine gummies. Like, I'm just gonna keep walking because walking will lead me to water, and that's what I need. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't eat. I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating my gels. Right. I was grossed out by putting food in my mouth because I was, I was like I can't. I don't want like my mouth to be dry, and the thought of choking in a gel made me feel more nauseous than I already felt. So my thought process was that it was better if I just yep. kept walking and didn't, and didn't give in to that. So like I wasn't thinking in my mind, am I going to make it? I was like, you fucking got this. Just keep going. Just keep like, you got it. You got it. Like, let me set the record straight. Yeah. You're a fucking beast. Like people cross this Valley back in the day with whiskey. You know, <laughs> right. like they didn't even drink water. Like, dude, you're fine. Right. Like, you're not going to die. Right. Like, there's no way that you're going to dehydrate and die. Like, just keep fucking going. Like, there's not wa- there's water. It's not that far. You're going to get there. So, in my mind was really strong. But, but that was a, but that could have also been very dangerous. Right. Had you not been there to tell me, to let me know, like, no, you actually have to choke down the food, even if it makes your mouth dry. No doubt. Because if you don't have calories, you're going to find yourself in a really bad spot, which is what was happening. Yep. And that is something that, and I think that's another important thing for anybody that's listening, like to really take that into consideration. Like sometimes you have to do things that don't feel or, or, or sound or taste right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to keep your body going because another fact right like with low blood sugar and dehydration my mind is not going to be as clear and i'm not going to make decisions that are going to serve me the best like yeah. just keep walking don't worry about the food yep example yeah. when you're in those bonks you've got to remember that logic has been compromised and you got to remember that there has to be the default things that you do in order to stay afloat and for anybody, it doesn't matter what distance you are because uh, it's all it's all relative. But you got to keep up on the hydration. You got to keep up on the electrolytes, and you got to keep up on calories. Those three things, if nothing else. If you want to add another one in there, you got to keep your head in a good place. But practically speaking, those first three things 
have to be the default. They have to be the thing that you always do on a consistent basis. Because I think you experienced this. You thought by down-regulating your energy, by just walking slowly instead of running, that you were going to conserve energy or that you weren't using as much energy. 100%. Maybe sometimes that's the case, but what we've figured out through science and testing is that you're still using the exact same amount of energy because what's happening now, maybe you're not moving as fast, but your body is now playing catch-up to recover. Mm. And there's an energy cost associated with that. So you still have to be fueling just as if you were running and it was the first mile of the day, no matter yep. where you're at on that scale. So keep that in mind. Yep. And now, and you're right. That was 100% what I was at. It was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to walk, so I've, yep. I don't need to have as much electrolytes. I don't yep. need to have as much fuel, right? And, and that was that lesson that was learned because yep. – and I'll be forever grateful. And that will change everything the way that I run in the future too, yeah. right? Like and how big runs go. Was there another big lesson or something that stood out to you that you learned from this run? <sighs> yeah, I mean, of course, right? Don't forget your fucking bear spray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout now, out to Counter Assault for holding it down, yeah. even if only one of us had it. <laughs> yeah, we stayed close. <laughs> Stay close. <laughs> um, what else did I learn? Man. That was a, that was that was probably going to that one that one lesson about taking in calories and not missing doses mm-hmm. is going to be one of the most important ones that I walked away with in terms of like my growth and long distance running and all that yeah. because you know I didn't do that on the thirty two mile run right I told you that I was like kind of got sick of eating those gel packs so I just stopped <laughs> yeah and thought oh well that's okay I've only got six miles left um, I didn't know any of this stuff when I ran the twenty one miles sure. so like. I remember I had like a five pound bag of trail mix and dates in my thing. I was just like choking down whenever I could. Like everybody thinks that that's like the only only food that's available when it comes to hiking or running. Tra- yeah. trail mix. I, had like no I did the idea. same thing. I had no idea. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, I thought what was really cool was that when we finished, I knew for certain that I could have done another six miles. That's awesome. You know, like on that surface that we were on, like on yeah, that, yeah. in that. I mean, if if there was a big climb, maybe a different story. But like in that kind of like just gradual up and down, yeah, kind of flat running, I could have easily done another five or six miles with That's you. That's way cool for sure. Um, so that was a huge walk away. Like when I finished twenty one miles, it was like, oh my god, just my feet are gonna break. I mean, to the end, right? When I finished the thirty two in Arizona recently, it was like, I mean, I was I was fucking done. I yeah. was so hurt. And done. Yeah. Um, when I finished this one though, it was like. This is awesome. Like, I was so fired up. Couldn't stop talking in the car loudly. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I, I just, yeah. I felt so good. Yeah. I knew that with a little bit more water, you know, the, the right gels, the gels that would, you know, I think will fit me better for the next run, that that can just easily be continued. My, my body didn't feel hurt. I didn't feel bad. I felt good. Yeah. Um, that that's never happened. So that was a really huge thing to take away. Um, what were you feeling when you crossed? Oh, I guess shouldn't say finish line, but what what were you feeling when you got back to the car? Because remember, it's like a, it's like ten o'clock at night. It's pretty much pitch black out by this point. We hadn't really gone to flashlights yet because our eyes could still adjust. Yep. But we ran from dark to dark. We so did. like, what was I don't know? What were the, what were those feelings? What was that like? 
first seeing the truck and knowing that you made it back and you did it and your body was feeling great and you could have ran even more. I wouldn't be completely honest if I didn't say that the first thing on my mind was going and eating food at Packers. <laughs> <laughs> steak fries till I pass steak, out. I want steak fries till I pass out, please. Thank you. Bye. Um, oh, so, you know, uh, man, that was – I gotta tell you, let's 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 actually take it back a little farther because we were before bonking out. We met the Angel Walker, Angel Walker, who just was this random hiker who had water and gave us watermelon. We might dive in, we'll dive into that story in a little bit. I bonked out, but in when the bonk, I ate those packs. I choked down the waffle. I got what I needed to get. I got my electrolytes. We started walking. Ten minutes later, we were back to running, and I felt good. And we ran for three more miles before we hit water, before we got the water source. But when we got to that water source and mm. we got that mm-hmm. water, I remember like just filling up, getting all that water, feeling so good and just being like, and it, it was weird, remember, because our, uh, the, your your watch had had died in the middle or, or stopped or something well, in the middle. I accidentally hit the clear button. And, yeah, so like yeah. you didn't know exactly how much distance we had left. I did know, except for the fact that the trail that I had wasn't completely lined up with the trail that exists. So we were two and a half miles ahead on the trail, like on the stats. Basically. Got it. So it was like there was math involved, right? Got it. And we got water, and it was kind of like. I don't even care. Like, I don't even care how far it is. It's like, yeah. I feel, I felt so good. And I remember in that moment thinking to myself, like, this is incredible. Like, I felt so proud of myself. Yeah. Right. And not to sound weird, but like, I really did. Like, I just felt like, wow, like, dude, you did this. Like you, you, you got this. And now that you got water and like, you're sorted out, you got whatever you need. You know, for your body, as far as, you know, calories and water and minerals, like, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that feeling and that moment was really powerful. That was a big anchoring experience. Took a little bit to run again just because I was full of so much water. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But, like, right. we walked for maybe, like, five or five minutes or something, and we just started yeah. our run. And you had kind of gotten in front of me a little bit when we were going down the waterfall and those switchbacks. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like another thing that I felt there in that moment, like I was like, it's all good. Like, dude, you just go at the pace that you're at, you know? And like, we're all good. We're going the same direction. Like I'm going to finish this race. Like this will be done. We're going to be done soon. We're going to be eating soon. And you know, we were running that last, that last, stretch those last two miles where the where the where the woods got thick yeah and the trees started to come in and that prime bear habitat prime bear habitat and we're kind of <laughs> just trotting along and hey baron hey baron the whole time and uh i remember thinking to myself when i saw the the roof of the oh house, yeah <laughs> i thinking to myself like oh my god like that's where it is and I was like, is that are we is that where the parking lot is? And you're like, it's close to it. And I was like, oh, okay, so we'll probably run like another half a mile. But it wasn't close to it. It was it. Like it was <laughs> like it's there. And I remember on the twenty one mile seeing what I thought was the parking lot, 
but was those horse stables. Oh, and yeah, I remember yeah. getting so excited yeah. and being like, oh, my God, we made it. It's like, that's not the end. I was like, oh, oh God, what? we didn't make no, it. No, we didn't make it. It was like trauma creeped in. Oh, God. So I saw the roof, and I was like, oh, that's it. It's like close to it. I was like, oh, like, old trauma came up uh. from Gunsight Pass. For, no, from Gunsight Pass. But no, it, um, I don't know, man. Yeah, like we hit, the, we hit it. But it was like, yes, it just felt. Yeah. It's like I said earlier, right? When I finished Gunsight, it was like this monumentous. Like I can't believe it. I came out. I made it through the pain cave. You know, the six miles of pain. Like I fucking did it. And this time it was like. Yeah, like, of course you did. And I didn't have this weird, like, what's next feeling. It was just like, this is what you do. And, like, you did this. Yeah. Like, you you made it. We made it. Like, you said you were going to come. You had a buttload of insecurity and fear that showed up. Like, those feelings I had that week prior were unlike any I'd had in a long time. It was so random. But it wasn't random. It was on purpose, right? It was, right. it was here to leave. So finishing that run and feeling the way I felt, like not feeling like my knees didn't, weren't in pain, my feet weren't in pain, my toes didn't really hurt, my hamstrings were fine, my back was fine. It's like, whoa. There's something special here. Yeah. Yeah. And like the work, I am doing the work. I would say that's probably my biggest thing that I work on on myself is being kinder to myself. Yeah. Right? Because often it's easy for me to be like, you're not working hard enough. You're not training hard enough. So when I finish a run like that and I have that experience, it's it's, it's almost like taking the foot off my own neck. I'm like, yeah, see, man, absolutely. I told you, you have been training hard. You have done the work. And look, like here you are. On Here's the, the result of, of that. Run. Yeah, this is the result. Yeah. How about Angel Walker? That guy. <laughs> so let's talk about Angel Walker. So I'm I'm still convinced like he isn't real. <laughs> he was he was sent to us as a gift. He did what he was supposed to do, and then he just disappeared. Finished. It was just too perfect. His tone, his demeanor, what he had to offer. Even just seeing him in the distance, this big green pack and like a and like a top hat almost kind yep. of thing on, and just this like forever smile. Yeah. Like something's up. I don't know, man. It was just too perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And uh and I'm I I will support you in any round table conversation that <laughs> guy was one hundred percent a spirit <laughs> like that. He was not real. Walked into our life, took a human form and yeah. helped us and then just went off. I will I will stand next to you at any battle you ever want for that one. So here's the deal with Angel Walker. So we're dehydrated, right? And we're still trying to come up on a water source. This is right before the bonk out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're on top of Flat Top Mountain. It's hot. It's exposed. And for those that don't know, Flat Top Mountain is, is a burn area, meaning that there is no shade, no coverage. And in the distance, like <laughs> like a mirage or something, I see this man walking towards me. And as we get closer, I start having conversation with him, asking about where he's going, where he's been. And uh, then Daniel comes up, and you just kind of 
had a few words and then you asked for water. Yeah. We had a few words and the conversation ended. Like you were ending the con like the, the conversation that you guys had started was coming to an end. Like those statements were being made like, okay, man, we'll see you later. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, I just was in my heart. I was like, I have to ask this guy. Like, and I was like, just like by chance. Cause we asked where the closest water source was. Oh yeah. And I remember, and, and on what I thought that I had on my watch, it looked like, which we had already come to realize that the map that I saw that I could see on my watch where it showed water lines, they were dried up. So we'd already passed two yeah, dry, yeah. two dry, what we thought were going to be running uh, water sources. So it was kind of unclear. Like, well, there look, there might be one in a mile, but it might be dry. And we asked them, we're like, how, you know, is there a water source? And he was like, yeah, it's pretty far. And it was kind of like, it was kind of like a punch. He did say it's it kind of like, like a punch too, uh, in the tummy, right? It was like, yeah. mm, it's far. I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. And when the conversation started to end, I was like, well, I, I, I have to ask. And I was like, you know, I said, do you happen to have like a, a scotch of water, <laughs> a droplet? He's like, oh, and he like pulls his bottle out and his bottle's got like a little know, bit, three and a half, four ounces. Yeah. In there it. wasn't I was like, a lot. Don't even there. worry about it, dude. I was like, no problem. And he's like, oh, I got more in my bat in my bat, my pack. <laughs> And he like brings out this big bladder and he's like, you can just have as much as you want. And I'm thinking to myself, like, ah, like, you know, it's like one of those sure. things like you, you told the wrong guy. Right. You can he have can as much have as, as, as much. Want. I'm trying to understand when you say as much as I want, does that mean all? Cause that's what I want is all of it. Like, so I'm like trying to be like, you know, just being conservative. I have a swig and then I gave it to you and then you have a swig and I had a swig. And then like, he's like, no, he's like, if you want to fill up anything. Yeah. Fill anything up. And I think to myself, yeah, I want to fill up my gullet. Like, I just <laughs> want to pour this down. Right. And I remember him, like, when he had, he's doing something in his bag, and, like, there's this plastic shiny thing on top. And I looked, glanced at it, and it was watermelon. And I was like, oh, Jeez, that the, looks so good. And wouldn't you know it, this angel walker <laughs> pops up five seconds later and goes, you know, guys, I was going to take this watermelon to my friends, but – would you like a couple of pieces of it? Would you like half of it? And we're like, yes. What? It was so unreal. Of all things, watermelon. Like the watermelon. most helpful, luscious, yeah. like hydrating fruit that we could yeah, yeah, get yeah. out there. Yeah. And so we had watermelon and we got water. And he was like, yeah, guys, like, just be safe. And he's talking about going to this camp that's literally right where we came from where there's nothing. Zero. Like, he's like, oh, it's right there. And I'm like, mm. we're like, really? Because there's, like, no other trail yeah. except for the one that we're on, and there was no camp. But he was, like, he was going there. And he was, like, so confident. Like, he's like, I don't even need the water. Yeah. You can basically have all my water. Yeah. I'm so confident of where I'm going. Meanwhile, I'm like, there's nothing out there, which is why I do believe. And like I said, I will stand toe. <laughs> I will stand side by side, <laughs> arm in arm with you, and be like, "That guy was a, a holy ghost." He, like, was, he was a ghost. That was yeah. crazy, man. I I couldn't believe that that happened. And Not the, to mention, we were already under the clear like decision and assumption that we weren't going to see anybody. Yeah, I mean, we're twenty miles into the park. Yeah, like no one really makes it that far unless they're like doing some overnight camping. Exactly. Because that's all considered the back country of yeah. Glacier Park, and anytime you're in the back country. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you do see somebody, it's a, it's a treat, Yeah, you know what I mean? So there was, there was no one back there. So that was, that was really cool, man. And that was just like what we needed, I think, to, 
kind of like refocus and get our heads back in the game because from there it was a strong finish yeah it was a really strong finish Things well it was up. it was only what it was like 50 feet 50 yards after we left him that i was i just like i needed to sit down well yeah. my toes i had my i had a little i could feel a little blister coming on my toe so yeah. I was like, let me check my feet and we sat down and then i just bonked yeah as soon as i sat down i was like i feel nauseous yeah and you're like you gotta eat yep told me why I was like, okay, cool, no problem. I'll do it right now. Eat. You gave me some of your water. Yep. It's like mother's milk. <laughs> this is incredible. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're right. After that, that was it. Was exactly what we needed. Like that little that water that we got from him was like enough that I felt like I could eat anything. You know, like yep. I didn't feel like I was going to de- completely just like, like right. shrivel up. You right, know. Right. Um, but yeah. We finished so strong. We really did. I was really proud of that run. Yeah. I think there was a lot of really, really cool experiences. Even even for me, like, because uh, I've done that, that route before um, pretty much in its entirety. And I feel like I always learned something. And, and on that run specifically, like, one of the things that I learned uh, was how to manage my body heat mm-hmm. and my breath in smoke. Um, because typically like I'm the kind of guy when I'm running that I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to push as hard as I can and run this thing, which a lot of times in the back country can mean exposure to sun and you obviously tire out faster. You go through energy faster, water faster, all of that. And I think that like something that really helped me on this was knowing when I needed to pop off the trail for a minute and get in some shade or take some cover and have a quick snack. You know, like when we came up on a here and pass and I was like ducked in that little tree. Yeah. Um, just trying to manage my body heat, trying to manage my energy. And I think that if you are spending a lot of time out in the backcountry, this is a really important thing. Whether you're hiking or running is look for opportunities to where you can manage energy, conserve uh, fluids or, you know, just just any little way that you can uh, that'll put you in a better place. Take it, even if it's just for a moment. So that was a a big lesson for me, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. When you finished up and we're back in the truck, like, did you have any other thoughts of what you want to do next with running? Because I know this is kind of like part of what you do now. So, like, yeah. Is there anything Um, like that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, prior to coming here, I had kind of made this decision that next year I won't put any big runs on my calendar okay as far as like like i've always like i set a mark like the 21 the big the big run that we first did was a putting this on there i got to train for it i get ready for it yeah so um i say that because i'm not necessarily putting something on my calendar that i feel like i need to push and train for yep and finishing this race like i'm super excited about taking advantage of the winter in arizona and actually just planning on doing one to two major runs every month, you know, 20 to 35 miles yep. every month. Yep. I need to learn a lot more about the water sources in Arizona, but I can firmly say after this experience, I have my water down. Like I need about two liters every 10 miles, Okay. you know, and I, and I know that very clear right now, yep. maybe a little bit more in Arizona, but in the heat, you know, yep. like I think in this 72, 75 degree weather, two liters every 10 miles, sits with me just about right um 
I, I, another thing I learned this time was how to be lighter on the downhills. So we did 9,000 feet downhill over the course of this 37 miles. And you always taught me, and I've picked up things along the way that you've taught me. And, and one was lower the hips, heel to toe. Yeah, yeah. And then when I came for Spartan, it was add in gripping the toes. Yeah, yeah, curling toes in. Yep. yep. And what I learned this time was I had more foot control. Mm-hmm. So prior, I would get under my heel, but then, like, the front would flop. Yep. You know, and if you haven't seen a picture of me and my feet running, they are ridiculously <laughs> weird looking. Like, it looks like I'm running with flippers on. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't know where we were. I th- it was after we were at the spot where we were going down through some switchbacks and around before we came up on uh, Cattle Queen. Yep. So it was a really cool part that we in were the trees? cruising through in the trees. Yep. And I remember running through and I just was like, you know, and I got a little lower and I was like, I can control this more. And I actually slowed down just a tad. And I felt in so much control going downhill. And that was a huge, that was a big thing. I was like, ooh, like that's, and that's locked in. Like now I got that. Ooh, I got that. Okay, cool. You know, and that felt really good because that really helped a lot at the end end. When we went down the big descent. Yeah. And so if you were to, if you were to like dissect that into how do you make it easier to run downhill? Because I get that question a lot. Yeah. It's important to lower your hips, lower center of gravity. You're going to be a little bit more efficient. Yeah. It's important to mid the knees. Yes. It's important to, you know, like grip your toes into the surface of the ground that all helps. But what if you do all those things and you still suck at running downhill? Well, if you can do all that efficiently, then maybe it's not in your stride or your gait, but maybe it's just in your training. What if you could strengthen specific muscles that help to make your footfall easier with each step so that you could conserve energy and be efficient? How do you do that? Well, one of the biggest things that we don't train is dorsiflexion. And that's basically your body's strength and ability to raise your toes up towards your knees. So those that struggle running downhill that tend to have flipper feet, <laughs> like you were saying, flipper feet, yeah. flipper feet is uh, it's a, it's a real case. It's a real thing. If you have flipper feet, a lot of times if downhill is difficult, it's just because you don't have strong enough dorsiflexion in your foot, in your feet. Mm. And you can train that. You can easily train that, you know, so that needs to be something that you look at in training as well. I will. Yep. So, but to, to go back to answer your question, I know I got off topic there a little bit. Um, what my plans are now. So knowing that you're coming back for um, the bad water or the uh, uh, cold water, cold water, thank <laughs> you. cold water yeah. rumble, um, I will be trained up and ready to go so that I can pace you for 20 miles in your last 20 in that race. Excellent. Um, so that will be number one on my list. Yep. I am going to run a 13-mile run that I'm hosting back east um, with some clients, and I'm inviting whoever wants to come run with me. But I feel like at this point, 13 miles is like, who gives a shit? But no, yeah. That's, that's a yeah. Say that. But no, 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 like, <laughs> right. Like, I know what you mean. But I'm really excited about it. All, all in all, like – um, that is part of, I think, what I really want more of and where I see myself in the future. Where do I go next from here? We talked about doing the North Rim 
loop. Is that North Circle Loop. North Circle Loop, 52 yep. miles, right? 52. So, yeah. So, next summer we'll do that. Yeah. Right? And and I, the way that I see myself and, and, and moving forward, prior to coming here, I said I wasn't going to put anything on the map. And I chose that because I wanted all of my attention to go to the next phases of my business that I'm building. And I wanted a real, I wanted to really hyper focus in that direction. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to, I don't want to like put something on that I'm going to need to train for and really focus on outside of that. This is going to be the year for my two and three step process in my business. But now I realize having finished this run, I don't need to, like, I don't need to train up to run 52 miles. Yeah. I just need to be me and do what I do now on a regular basis. Yeah. Right. And stick with my consistency because I already am trained up. So that was a really big breakthrough. Um, so like committing to a big run, like this 52 mile with you, like I don't look at it as a thing where it's like, Oh, I gotta make sure I put it on my map. Like, it'll be fine. I'll be totally cool. Yeah. And what I'd like, really love to see is, um, I had an idea, I think, the mist of this year at some point running and I, I, I would like to start to organize ultra runs all over the world um, with you of course very cool uh, but really cool fun places like very just, cool. just to do them on our own and go out and do like like and raise money for charity so sure whether it's a run around the pyramids in Egypt you know like or some mega huge run in brazil or peru or yeah. anywhere right like there's just all these beautiful places around the world that have really cool places that i want to go run yeah and i want to create something around it a, a raising money for stuff that and you know and obviously with what we both do i believe that our paths and our calling to inspire and our calling to serve humanity is such a gift it's such a it's such an amazing thing that we've been called to do that there will be um a following a calling and sure. onboarding for people and an opening for people to join and see that like it was seeing someone run and look like this warrior soldier running through the woods like <laughs> past me as i walk my <laughs> slow ass on the trail right yeah. that i saw it and i was like that's so cool and i and i believe in my heart that like most of us r really take action into change when we see something that's so cool that we just really want so bad, right? Like when we're kids, maybe it's like just the Ferrari or the Lamborghini. Or when we're adults, who knows, right? Yeah. I got to drive. I really want to own that <laughs> Ferrari, right? But like there's certain things that we see that we just, we're like, oh man, that would be so awesome. I want that so bad. And running in like some of the most magical places in the world has got to exponentially increase that feeling for people. Right. Yeah. Like you run in, you might see me running in Arizona for 20 miles and be like, I ain't running in the fucking desert. That does not, oh, that's, there is no allure to that look. <laughs> you know? right, like right. cactus heat and tan. I don't know. Nah, nah. It's okay. But like, you know, running around, you know, Running around Oahu, you know, the running around Honolulu and over the Grand Staircase or something like that, or yeah. running the um, 
you know, the, the Great Wall in China or something like that, right? Like, there's these beautiful landmarks around the world and, like, creating some fun experience, like, just run where we're also raising money for charity and we're inspiring people at the same time. I see it going that way. Yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah, I see it going that way. What do you think the biggest lesson uh, has been that running has taught you? Mm. <sighs> well... I think the one that always comes up is that our bodies are capable of way more than you could ever imagine. Um, I think that's one, but I mean, it almost goes back to that beginning, man. Like it's not just the running, it's the ultra running. Yeah. It's the ultra running. When we're just running, it's just our body. But when you're ultra running, it's everything. It's your mind. It's your spirit. It's your emotional home, right? And that's a whole different set of training. Just a whole different set of training. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people that are fit that could do an ultra run, but they're the training in their mind and their spirit and their beliefs and their emotions, they're not trained up. And it's probably easier for those people to say, there's no way I could do that. I could deadlift 400, but I can't fucking run that far. But you can. You can. You totally can. Yeah. Like, our muscles handle stress. Our body handles stress. That's all it is. It was built to do that. It was built and to it, do it. Yep. Um, so I would say that the biggest lesson, yeah, that I've learned is that, you know, hmm, God, there's a lot of tough ones. That's hard. That's a hard one. <laughs> I mean, what we choose to believe and the story and the narrative that we tell ourselves our body will follow through Absolutely. I think that's the number one lesson you know I made a choice that I would never be in pain again and it was going to be unacceptable and I'll do whatever it takes so do whatever it takes I've never seen that pain again uh, I said I was going to run this mountain with you and mentally and emotionally spiritually I made the commitment yeah right yes verbally I said it out loud you know and people take their word back all the time but emotionally and spiritually I committed to that it was a bigger calling than me than, than, than that word there was something more deep there so even when I thought and this is a funny story right I remember thinking it was going to be like a nine mile run <laughs> and I talked to you and you're like it's 18 miles. I was like, oh, okay, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not prepared at all. Yeah, we doubled that real quick. Right? And then it was 21 when I got here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that one's closed. It's 21. Yeah. But I was training for something that was I thought was 10 miles at the most. I come to find out it's going to be double that six weeks before I go. Right? But mentally and emotionally, I committed to it. And whatever you commit yourself to mentally and emotionally and spiritually, right? Like that, that trifecta, when you anchor this, your body will follow through no matter what. You will make sure of it, right? Because I would say one of the coolest experiences and lessons that I've learned from running is that our body always wants us to win. Always. No right? matter what. And I really anchored that in, in May when I came so just two months ago with you or three months ago, you know, on that run. And you're like, our bodies just want us to win. And I was like, oh, my God, Dan, like, you're so right. <laughs> like, look at this. Like, I'm drenched in sweat, a.k.a. I'm exuding toxins. Like, I'm just pouring toxins out of my body. 
right? I had to pee like nine times on that run. Mm-hmm. Just toxin, toxin, just getting out, getting out. And like, it's giving me all the energy to, to finish a run. Like, it wants me to win. It just wants me to keep going. That's it, man. You know, we talked about it on the ride in too, right? Because a lot of times that important lesson can get construed because we don't also recognize sometimes that pain is is the signal that it wants us to win. Like, that pain that I was in where I couldn't walk, that was my body wanting me to win. Yeah. Right? That was my body telling me, like, you got to handle this right now. And I promise if you handle this, your life will be better. Yeah. Right? And I want your life to be better. So I'm just going to keep giving you the pain until you do something about it. Um, we don't listen to that voice enough. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it does always want us to win. That's why you, you poop on the way to the park. Yep. Your body's trying to get rid of stuff that is non-essential. You know? Right. It's It always wants you to win. You spend enough time underwater, your hands start to get all, like, you know, like weird looking and wavy it's so that you can grip better underwater you know there's nothing that your body won't do if you apply enough stress and pressure and force to it it'll adapt yeah and the more and more time that i spend in the mountains i realize that for myself too and every time that i get to another level in the mountains i realize that that i have more to give here my body my body has more to give here. There's another level here. And every new level that I go to, my body has never said, this is where we stop. Right. And that's so inspiring for me. But yeah, our bodies always want us to win, man. Yeah, it sure does. So, you know, running these ultras with you, it, it's it's opened up the pot, the, the it's anchored the the possibility, the limitless possibility mindset, right? That, Okay, so if I can run 21 miles, if I can run 37 miles, right? Like, then yeah, I can actually learn how to do Ninja Warrior stuff. Sure. Like, sure. Something that I thought was also going to be off the table for me, right? 13 dislocations, three shoulder surgeries. Like, probably not going to be the guy that's swinging around from ropes and trapeze and things like that and jolting his shoulder. But guess what he's going to do now? Because he knows his body can do anything. I'm going to do that. No doubt. You know, and it's like, it's really cool. There's there's something special in, in that challenge of yourself where you yep. fully challenge the trinity, mind, body, and spirit. Yep. Yep. And in a cool way, Glacier Park has kind of like helped to, helped to show you that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love Glacier Park so much. That's why I love like bringing people to Glacier Park so much, especially for their first time, you know, yeah. and being able to like kind of be the catalyst for them to experience it because she's, you know, she's a special lady, man. She's got a lot of power there, a lot of energy there. Yeah. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from, from her in the park. And, um, I'm just really glad I got to spend, you know, the past two big runs in the park with you. Yeah. And, um, you know, just want to acknowledge you for a second because I think that the majority of people who are living a life in pain or, feeling like, you know, this is the end of the road for them or whatever, uh, tend to stay there. They don't really realize that their body really just wants them to win. And with the right stress and pressures, you know, your body will adapt and it will overcome and it will allow you to do incredible things, all of which you've been experiencing since realizing that. Mm -hmm. 
and you went from lying on the floor for 30 to 40 days. 70. 70, 70 days? 70 to 80. To running 37 miles with me in the park. So just seeing that to kind of come out here in the park has been really inspiring. And I just really think that it takes somebody special to see that process through. And, you know, just want to just congratulate you for getting through it. Thank it's you, a hell man. of an accomplishment. Thank you, man. Yeah. I received that. Yeah. Thank you so much. So just appreciate you being here, man. Appreciate you spending time with me and yeah. staying at the house and yeah. sharing your story on the podcast. Just yeah, appreciate you too, man. I hope we have another one of these big days. Oh, without a doubt. Without mm -hmm. a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, um, you know, you are so right about Glacier and how special she is. And I feel very blessed to be close to an ambassador of yeah. that energy, you know, because you are so special in your own right. Like, there's something special about you and who Thank you, you are and, and the way you show up. And, you know, there's been a calling for you to be that ambassador to this beautiful thing that doesn't necessarily have a voice yeah that's really cool thank you connection man. to nature and that this prolific space and area yeah so i'm so blessed man i'm so grateful absolutely I love you so much i love you too man oh yeah oh. so we have a massage in 15 minutes Sweet. 20 minutes i'm so excited for this um how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Is it Facebook, Instagram? What is it? Um, yeah, so the best way is probably if you go on Instagram, you can find me at Peak Life Now, at Peak Life Now. Um, but if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, actually schedule a discovery call or you know set up a time to ch connect with me right through my website. Cool. So if you go to www.iamdanieldiaz.com, you'll find me. Um, Peak Life Now IG will send you there too if that makes it easier. Um, I do a lot of stuff on my Facebook as far as free live videos and messages and stuff like that. I've been, I think I'm up to like 160 live videos in the last year. So Jeez. if you want some just good, just good, honest, you know, organic content to help you along the way, I do nice like 10 or 15 minute lives, usually on a specific topic, um, you know, to help people elevate and get their space. I mean, I feel like this information is out there. So sometimes you hear it from the right person. And it <laughs> seems to land a little and bit. And it better. sticks. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just throw my hat in the in the ring for that, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, if you guys want to check me out, it's uh, facebook.com backslash Daniel Diaz Life Coach. Right. Um, so you got a few spots to, to find me. Very cool, man. Well, thank you for being here again. Um you know, I really appreciate you guys spending some time with us today. If the podcast was helpful to you, if there was something that landed, if you know somebody that you would feel like this episode would uh, would really be helpful, I just would encourage you to send it their way. You know, and if you have already done that but haven't subscribed to the podcast, um, would really appreciate it if you did. That'll just kind of let me know that there's some interest here, and we'll keep having these conversations and. Um, just appreciate everybody that spent some time with us today. Rastafari. <laughs>